This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 38, Jack of All Trades. Welcome back, everybody. I am Juan in Audra's body. Butterfly dog! <laughs> Another fun episode. Oh, this was so much fun. <laughs> I was I was laughing hysterically through like the entire first half of it. It is awesome getting to watch actors play their character portraying the other character, you know? <laughs> like like Fargo doing Carter's impression or or the best was probably uh watching Colin Ferguson do the Fargo impersonation. Yeah, he had the kind of like the like thin lipped, like tight tight face kind of mm. I, I I also liked when Carter was in Fargo's body pretending to be Fargo and he like has his like elbows out doing that kind of like important man yes. walk. <laughs> It's like, wow, this is getting real meta here. <laughs> I don't know. I think my favorite might be Allison doing Carter. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. She's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like when uh, uh, Carter, as Allison, like flipped his hair kind of. And there's <laughs> like, no hair. Like, yeah, there's no yeah. hair. He like, does the little flip. <laughs> <laughs> Body swap got- episodes are always fun. Oh, yeah. The... Uh- <laughs> I, I think that um, that Zane managed to uh, tag Loud Carter correctly. Yes, and Fargo got got quick talking Quiet Carter. Yeah, or Fargo got quick. Yeah, and and Carter got quick talking intellectual Fargo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, like, well, first of all, it's really funny the the just number of awkward scenes you know that would come up with this which i guess is normal yeah they maxed it out (laughs) they got hit it from all angles (laughs) but uh i i I I woke up inside saying yeah we've got to work on that phrasing (laughs) better way to say that (laughs) i i'm just like i'm bummed out because i feel like Joe, Joe is disappointing me right now and zane is disappointing me a little bit too really uh well I'm getting his whole like being jealous thing was getting a little bit old. I mean, and I understand, but it's just he needs to get over it and, and, you know, just keep making those comments. But Joe is like worst of all. I mean, she wants to like have everything. She doesn't want to make a decision. Yeah. And I think those know? two things are tied together. She wants together. to like have her cake and eat it too. <laughs> those. What? Sorry. The. I'll leave it alone. The uh, I think those two things are tied together, right? Because I think I think Zane would be far less jealous if it wasn't for the fact that Joe hasn't made a damn decision yet. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really all Probably Joe's true. fault. <laughs> well, I know you're you not know? a big fan of Joe, but I, I've in the past I've really liked Joe. I mean, just I feel like now. I I, I gotta say that Allison certain di- certainly didn't help this time around. Especially when she uh, deceived uh, yeah, that was cold. Joe. That, that was pretty cold. That was a bit cold. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't fair because we don't know what Carter would have said. 
We don't know if he would have said, yeah, it's been on my mind, that, too. Well, or that's if, the problem is that right. he never got the chance to even have that question come up, right? I guess that's what trust is kind of about is, you know, like Zane saying it's not just possible that you guys would hook up. It's probable. You know, he wasn't trusting Joe. And, you know, you could argue that she doesn't deserve the trust, but still he's he doesn't trust her enough to say, hey, I realize it didn't happen. I, I think rightfully so. I think that from her perspective, it could happen. But from I think I think Carter did answer that question at the end of the episode very clearly, you know, when he proposed to, uh, you know, to Allison. Yeah. And and told her, you know, that, hey, look, you know, I don't want to wait. I'm tired of all of this. Like, yeah, not knowing I just want to I feel sure about this and I just want to do something now. Yeah, I just don't think there was really any any possibility in his mind of getting together with Joe. And I think that. It, but on Joe's side, Joe, it could have happened. That's you know? why I'm disappointed in her, you know? I mean, to be like, let's just be honest with each other. I mean, she's making assumptions, you know? Right. Well, and then that starts to look really bad. It's like, of course, I just laid my heart out to Carter. And 25 minutes later, he proposes to Allison. Funny about that. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's just, oh, it's it's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I like look after- at her and I'm just like, you, you're so selfish right now, you know? You've got, Zane is like this awesome guy who, you know, he's not perfect, but he's a really, really cool guy. He's super smart. He's loyal. He loves her, you know? You not only he's got totally him once, buff. you got him twice. I know, totally buff. I mean, like, what else do you want? You know, she wants, like, oh, it just makes me mad. Like, does she want... A multitude of guys to all kind of want her so that she can feel good about herself or, or what you know you know I I, I I I will stand by my kind of call long time call that Joe is a question mark she is an very interesting character and she plays a I, I like the character a lot because of the unstableness she brings to an otherwise extremely stable group of people and but she's always up in the air like she could be extremely loyal but how she defines that can change on a moment's notice and you never quite know where she's going to come down or what she's going to yeah she was like planning to leave eureka and then she's back with zane and now she's like pining after carter all of a sudden and and apparently it's been going on for a long time and most importantly, she just doesn't really seem to know herself that well. I think that's it. She doesn't know? know what she wants. and But I think that, ironically, even though she doesn't know what she wants, I think she's a little bit self-centered. Yeah. You know, she doesn't consider how those things affect other people. She doesn't consider... Or maybe how, she's not aware of it. Either way. Right, right. Either way, well, it's... not willing to figure it out either. I mean, when right. it comes down to it... She used the crisis at the start of season five as kind of an excuse to, okay, well, my walkabout's crapped out. I can blame it on them and call it off. It's like, well, yeah. did you really resolve anything for the whole reason that you went on the walkabout in the first place? Nope. But let's go say, help Carter. Have you heard of a walkabout before? Because I don't think I had. Yeah, sure. Is that Didn't like you a see Crocodile quest? Dundee? Yeah, geez. Well, I mean, yeah, when on. I was like eight years old. I mean, well, there you go. You heard about it when you were eight years old. I don't remember. <laughs> That's not a knife. Yeah, I remember that part. <laughs> yes, I have heard of it. 
Is that like a vision quest? Yeah. <laughs> you, have <to> have, <laughs> you have to have you have to have pan flutes and crap. <laughs> to make it I'm just kidding. The spirit of my people. Don't you even do it. <laughs> Don't you even think about it. <laughs> that penny whistle already. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Chuck and I have been doing a rewatch of uh, Atlantis, as you know. And uh, it's so funny how like all the people they come across are like one of two groups. Either they're um, like industrial revolution, like, you know, kind of early 20th century. Kind early of 20th World century American or Ren Faire. Yeah, or or Renfair, you know, and it's so funny because there's this group of the society and the pan flutes always begin whenever there's a group of like, you know, quote unquote, like underdeveloped, you know, people, people who we would look at like maybe. Pan flute, very popular among the underdeveloped <laughs> Yeah, community. like we would say are maybe like 800 years ago in Europe, you know, and they're, they've always got like the little leather you know, the, the moccasins and like the little, the loot, Renfair. And the, the rough, yeah, the red fair. And it was so funny that that one the other night, um, well, I guess it, it doesn't matter, but just, it, it had aspects, the, the music and the art and the clothing and the hairstyles and everything all, all blended together from medieval Renaissance, high Renaissance, reformation and baroque like all of those periods like like a 500 year period was encapsulated you know what it is it's just like with eureka the science is obviously it's like or a you could tiny just call it of, a, a, yeah exactly a tiny bit of real buried in a ton of made-up stuff which is not which is not important you know it's just when the like, spread out through the pegasus galaxy they left three things they left the stargates the english language and pan flutes <laughs> Yeah, they were in a little bag. They were like, yeah, the English language, exactly. I'm afraid that you have been designated Renfair. I'm still Here's trying to figure flute. out how, um, <laughs> how, how Cole Meany of the, of the Jedi has his Irish accent. Like, none of the other Jedi have Irish accents. And doesn't, don't people think it's weird that he has it's an Irish accent? It's a freaking planet. They have a number of accents, I would assume. Everybody has a North. <laughs> <laughs> you would assume it's funny i thought they all had canadian accents <laughs> have you have you seen anyone else with a they all have one accent that kind of canadian Look, accent and Audra, then there's a, one irish they are all well, sorry okay, okay? <laughs> they're doing their best an american accent like marina Sirtis putting on a russian accent <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing he's big trouble for moose and squirrel yeah in the water gate squirrel oh god i'm sorry i know this is off topic today but i called i called a local target to, welcome to the atlantis podcast you know, no it was I, I called target and their voicemail thing picked up and it said you know like for the operator press zero and then this woman it sounded like a woman from like reno 911 <laughs> she's like para instrucciones en español o prima el numero siete i was like Jeez. Ah! <laughs> for was... pig latin press two. <laughs> oh my god it was so bad i like i had to move the phone away because i laughed so hard pay anyway. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like really pray. so two <laughs> i'm like 38 percent of our region is populated with spanish-speaking people couldn't find you couldn't anyone. find one, Not one to record that <laughs> 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 anyway but no, I mean, it is. It's it's just like with Eureka. You know, it's background. It's just stuff that is, you know, it, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this, but in, in one of the Nerdist Writers podcasts, uh, one guy who had written on V, written for the series V, the new one, 
had uh, had mentioned that he had done a number of different things, uh, including everything from drama, a lot of cop drama to uh, you know to sci-fi <laughs> to everything. Yeah, well, and and he he said that you know. It's like he he mentioned in an interview one time, somebody had said, well, you know, are you, you know, are you big on sci-fi? And he's like, I'm big on writing, you know, it doesn't, if you ask me to tell a sci-fi story, you know, genre, he said was a set dressing. And, you know, if you ask him to tell a sci-fi story, he's going to tell the story of like five people, you know, that are having difficulties in a sci-fi world, you know, and if you ask for a medical drama, it's going to be five people that are having difficulties in, you know, in a hospital. And it's true, you know, Eureka is a story about a group of people that have challenges and they set those challenges in this, in this kind of quirky place. And I, I do I do get a lot of joy out of that set dressing, though, like when me too. they're like, me too. they're like, well, they're swapping bodies. Well, that's impossible. Wait a minute. Maybe we can like stick this thing in his brain tech, and tech, then tech. we'll use these little like static gloves to, <laughs> to pull the robots out and he'll be awake the whole time. And yeah. And Henry's Two like, very clack, clack, clack compu- on a keyboard. You what know? are these? They're gloves. I'm a Michael Two Jackson very fan. bad computer analogies. The haptic gloves and the. Uh, what was it? The the hard drive analogy that Henry was making. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's not, that is not how hard drives work. <laughs> One's like, damn it, <laughs> I will destroy you. <laughs> the best analogy, the most accurate analogy in the whole show was the operation analogy. Right? <laughs> no kidding. I mean, that was true. <laughs> well, let's cut into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where touch, Grace. Don't touch the sides. If that helps you. Yeah. I wonder where Grace is headed off to. I'm kind of bummed. A walkabout? Yeah. You know, you know, seriously, I think this has been coming for a while. I mean, Grace has always had the hardest time ad- ad- adopting to the massive changes in Eureka. And she's been put through a couple of them already. I think it's because Grace just is barely, excessively normal. Yeah, the most maybe the most normal yeah. of the bunch in a lot and of it ways. Doesn't always work in emotionally Eureka. speaking, you know. And and she just she's kind of barely made it through each of these changes, and I think she's finally just kind of tipped over the edge with it. And and I think she needs to. I, I think it's awesome that she's honest about it, and she's yeah. just like, I need some time to figure out figure this. Well, that's out. exactly yeah. what she was saying. Yeah, it's, it's just like, look, I'm I'm pushing this, and it I just can't do it. It's. It makes sense from from where she's coming from. I mean, she with last season with her losing her husband and then, you know, having to Accepting relearn the new Henry. version of Henry, yeah. Yeah. And then having alt universe, you know, Matrix Universe Henry try to kill her. I mean, that's gotta shake you up for a while. Yeah, it's it's just one too many variations on Henry and you know, if, if actually you you gotta imagine how much the Matrix version of Henry made her reevaluate why she pushed so hard for the alternate oh, yeah. universe Henry, right? God, yeah. It's um, like, well, I, I kind of fell into this relationship with him because I was in a relationship with the guy that looked exactly like him but wasn't him. She's just been through hell. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry I laughed. I just I, I thought of Henry VIII oh, at that I'm moment. With, like, I'm with you. I am Henry VIII. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I, I do like, I still like how Henry is just like having a blast through this whole episode until his serious moment. Yeah. Where, you know, it's like they're, they're talking about the swap bodies and Henry's just like chuckling at the whole thing. Yeah, that was pretty. It's like, yeah, that's screwed up, huh? Like when uh, Fargo is in Carter's body and like has to go to the bathroom and he's like, <laughs> no, you did it. Oh, what, what do you say? Like, 
You don't tell me you used your little boy. Hands. <laughs> that would have hey, been. Hey, they were your hands. <laughs> See what would have been the the comeback would have been if Fargo had been like little boy hands. You should have seen your little boy. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See that would have been that would have been the comeback. <laughs> well, and 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 there was the the you know subtle call out to the you know GWC under community with the whole manscaping thing going on with Sam. <laughs> That was awesome. I think this was just a whole episode to get uh, to Zane get, with his shirt off. To get Zane Everybody and was Allison, naked. <laughs> who have obviously spent a lot of time preparing for this. Wow, Allison! Oh. You know, she's always yeah. looked amazing. But if you if you go back to that, I, know, I did. <laughs> the, you did. I totally. I was did. thinking oh, about the, uh, season. Was it a season one? Was she and Beverly are uh-huh. fighting, and she's in the bathrobe or whatever? I mean, she looks even leaner and thinner now than she a did lot. that. And she looked amazing then. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. That's some hard work. Yeah, it is. I, her waist is incredibly small. I mean... Yeah. I feel all bulky. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'll have to go back. Did you get a screen cap or no. did you just go watch? I just looked real quick. And- see, I always thought the cool thing about Allison um, or, you know, um, Sally Richardson mm-hmm. uh, is... That she carries her curves really well. Like if she weighed twenty pounds more, mm-hmm. like she would still look. She looked freaking great awesome, in both configurations. Know? Yeah, yeah. You're like I mean, wow, she always looks amazing. And you know, I can't believe how thin she is now. I mean, but she's not. She's obviously very healthy. I mean, she's got a six pack. You know, yeah, that's which it. is you, for you, women that's even rarer than it is for guys not to, not to bring the fitzmar podcast in but you don't get that from just diet right you can't you, can you can't do that by just eating by dieting salads, but you, you know? only get those muscles by busting your ass yeah. for a yeah, long but- time <laughs> yeah she's she stands up out of that bed and it's like wow she's been working on that for a while yeah she's like whoa yeah, yeah. like <laughs> since season one <laughs> yeah. this is not what i remember constantly I mean, yeah. not that, like I said, not that she didn't look good before but that's just one of those things that not only does it look good it's just respect i mean you're like holy crap that's a yeah. lot of yeah. very hard work and discipline and that's probably more than i'll ever have that's that's impressive. i also think it's funny how uh Car- they were kept joking about carter's doughy body <laughs> yeah, and stuff and i'm like come on looks down ew yeah. <laughs> comparatively Actually- speaking you know you know, Carter in Zane's body, um, that shot with uh, him and Joe in the shower, you just look at, like, the the thickness of his chest and the amount of muscle on him. Yeah. And, you know, go back to season two that we were watching right before the new yeah, season comes. Skinny Zane. Like, oh, so that's Holy what crap. that difference was. Holy crap. He's been working on that. And and exactly like with so Allison. So, like, Allison got a lot smaller and fitter, and he got a lot bigger and fitter. <laughs> Incidentally, both essentially the difficult way to difficult path to go for yeah. each of the sexes, like like with and the her, best looking yeah, result. Exactly. Like with her, that's the hardest way to go. You know, with him, that is the hardest way to go. And they both did it very successfully. And it's just really impressive. You know, I'm interested in like where they found time to do that around, you know, being a genius all the time. And I guess they just are in Eureka. That's the thing. That, you, know? you know, that Eureka <laughs> gym with the magnet dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they spend a lot of time in there, you know, pumping plastic or whatever it is. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's funny. Did you see in his room uh, and just set dressing fun? Did you see there was like a little rack of like I don't know dumbbells ranging up to maybe twenty pounds or in something whose room? in Zane's room? Oh no! Oh, really? I didn't see no, that. I didn't see that. I saw it twice because I watched it, and then you and I watched it. I just so like yeah, you can do a lot with those. When he you up can, to twenty pounds, you can, but it would be very difficult. Not the kind of yeah. stuff you'd have to do to get a chest like that. Yeah, that's yeah. more like one hundred and fifty. You know, try three hundred. Yeah. And, 50 or, <laughs> or so probably but uh but yeah wow just holy crap it makes sense so i mean if you do the really heavy stuff at the gym it makes sense if you're gonna have stuff at home it would be lighter yeah yeah you would assume and who knows maybe they're as as Juan pointed out maybe they're the uh, magic kind they're, oh, right. They're you can just you turn the dial and <laughs> they change oh, the so- gravity constant you know in the room and and if the ones at the gym were just little tiny ones, and and he's got actual kind of like real sized ones, how heavy are they, right? Yeah, that could be. That's a five hundred pound dumbbell. You just don't. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be great to like swap them out with the regular ones Bonk. at the gym. <laughs> but, like a five pound dumbbell, and it really like weighs like eight hundred. Thor's dumb- hammer trying to. <laughs> 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 that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did. Anybody else? Uh, think that carter was wearing boots all this time and not like just jogging shoes like oh those hiking like yeah no, they weren't hiking. Those they were. were like like uh i work as a janitor in a hospital shoes or something no 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 no, no. Oh, they, would have been so much better if he was like wearing like big thick boots yeah yeah gonna go on a mountain hike but they they weren't hospital work shoes they were uh they were like the kind of those the kind of stuff that the rei people wear all the time you know, they're like those all-terrain cross-trainer things. Yeah, yeah. You know? They were like low boots, kind of. They, they were, yeah, they, well, yeah. They weren't hiking boots, though. No, no, I mean, like, uh, they're essentially like, like I don't know, uh, cross-trainers that are a little more durable and made to look outdoorsy. Right, yeah. You know, and they sell them, you see a lot of, you know, the same guys that are always wearing, like, flannel vests and stuff wear them. Yeah, yeah. No, you know I know what you're talking about. about. <laughs> it was really popular in the mid '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, all of their, all of their, they're always wearing a jacket that's uh, you know from the North Face. Like they're they're gonna go straight out to like climb a mountain or something. Right. Yeah. When I was in high school, people would wear lift tags on their jackets all the time, and you know, and the thing that made me mad about that, and and especially more in hindsight, was that. It's such a classist thing, yeah. You know, because only a handful of people could afford, could afford to, to go yeah. skiing all the time. Yeah. So it wasn't. It it was like a very subtle way of, you know, well, I maybe guess not so subtle, but there are just enough of them because, like, it, it's really rare here. Like, I mean, skiing was a vacation from Texas, and not not, not so rare here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you can throw a rock and hit where they had the Olympics. <laughs> well, well, you yeah, could no. you could ski locally where I lived, but. The people in the high school would wear lift tags from like Vail oh, and Aspen yeah. and stuff, and yeah, you know, that sucks. Yeah, that's pretty cold. I know. It's like, dude, I've been do, skiing. Do you have to skiing January. It's November. <laughs> yeah, I've been skiing exactly twice, and both times it was in New Mexico. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that fancy, you know. 
Maria del Sol or something. It's like place that you go when is you can't New afford Mexico, anywhere like, else. Is New Mexico by default not fancy? I, I don't know. I've never been. I don't. It's 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 not Vale. You know, <laughs> it's not Aspen. It's not like those places that people go when they're rich. It's I've like, never been to those places. I've only seen Aspen in uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> when they pull up in that. Uh, yes. What is it? The the Diablo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they get out in the, those tuxes. <laughs> Or were they the ski suits? I can't remember. Uh, a couple different times. When they come back from shopping, they're wearing this the flamboyant ski suits. <laughs> when they first arrive, they come on the little uh, motorized scooter. Yeah. Oh, here, have, a, have my extra gloves. <laughs> my hands, my are, hands are getting sweaty. a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see that? Jack? I did. He's like, he's got frostbite. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, all these hours he's been wearing two pairs of gloves. <laughs> You've been wearing two pairs of gloves this whole time? <laughs> yeah, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> I'm with you, though, Juan. I, I totally expected Carter to be wearing it, boots. It, it actually made me chuckle a bit. I'm like, well, the, the shoes of that. The Poncherello joke was even better that way. It would have been. Yeah, you're right. It would have been yeah. so much better with. Nice, Ponch. <laughs> Plus, you don't like put a sneaker down and play bad to the bone. No, that's what yeah, was funny I, about yeah, it. That's, that's what made true. it campy. It was because Carter really isn't that guy. But yeah, but Zane I, I was trying well, yeah, to be that guy. He had the big glasses going on and yeah, the kind of cheesy grin and. It was pretty funny his way of getting back at Carter though. That was that was pretty. He's like, hey, R T E R. Even as he's leaving, like, he's like closing the deal. He's doing his evaluation at GD as you, and he's like, gotta I go. Gotta go. <laughs> Get out. I love uh, I, Wallace Shawn, man. Awesome to see the Negus back. <laughs> <laughs> Running from Martha. Inconceivable. <laughs> I love when he's running down the hall with his hands straight out in front of him, like in an old Scooby-Doo episode or something. What just happened? You got schooled. <laughs> That's a good impression. He is. Every time I see him, it's like, oh, it's like you just get this warm kind of. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yay. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have him around. And I think it was a cool callback to the his previous uh his previous episode which was fun you know uh well, I, it's, it's cool that he didn't turn back in he like he's still professional about his job but he shows up and he's still happy to see carter and you know from what they went through in the yeah. last season it's like oh my favorite couple <laughs> it's so awesome that he he's he, he really isn't a dick at all except he is real serious and he will do it's kind of scary because you know he'll do whatever he's got to do, and then he'll just. God, it would be awesome on. to be it's, a person like that with like that kind of authority, and and people would take you that seriously. But you're also really cool, and people really like you. Wouldn't that be yeah, it's, awesome? It, it's kind of like a, a kind of almost a a more personable version of uh, Robert Picardo's character on Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Woolsey. Uh, Woolsey. Yeah. Woolsey. Richard Woolsey. Yeah. Yeah, Woolsey, yeah, it's like, you mean after, Woolsey, like... Woolsey's, like, very good at his job. That's what he says at one point in SG-1. He's like, and when it comes down to it, I, I'm i very good at my job. This is what I do. Um, I, I can see that you guys are all close to each other. Um, I have to do my job within the bounds of this. But once you get to know people, then, you know, blah, 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 blah. He, he becomes a little loyal, right? 
as, as Atlantis goes on, but he still does his job and he does it very well. Yeah, I, I think, you know, he's probably similar, most similar to like a, a post, like, uh, you know, commanding Atlantis Woolsey. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, like the changeover once he has had time to like get to know everybody a little bit. Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. And, you know, I guess it's a little predictable that, you know, you would have the tease where he would uh, he would redact everyone and then order everyone redacted and but then again, recant. But it didn't really bother Oh, no, me. everyone's fine. Except Fowler. That kid's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Eureka. You know, in the beginning, poke. I thought that that was that guy that dated Zoe for a little bit at first. Yeah, it looked kind of like him, didn't it? Well, I forget his name. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, is it? I'm kidding. <laughs> that mop-headed kid with the... Yeah. Yeah, I he, think it was, but yeah, he had to go. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, it just, but he, it's it kind of reminiscent, like you know. What was the 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 woman in the the smart car? Was that a cameo of somebody? I, didn't I don't get know. It. I, I didn't recognize her. I don't know. It's just like it's. It looked like a cameo role. I know what you mean. Like it seems like it could. She be. talked more than usual, like for a role like that. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've just if we've seen her on Eureka before and she's just forgettable. Or Maybe it was one of the writers or something. If it's like, oh yeah, well you know we had this deal with G4 and brought somebody in, right? Or like I don't know, right? Holy crap! I just had a thought. You know they teased bringing back Felicia Day's character. I know they did. Well, that was kind of cool. Holy crap! Yeah, we'll check this out. You remember when everybody was tweeting about about the finale? Mm-hmm. I could swear, you know, everybody came back for the finale. You mean in real life, they all got I together, got to, together to, to shoot, shoot the yeah. finale when they added it. I could right. swear that she was tweeting about that as well. Now it could be just cover. You well, know? it could also be flashback. True. But, like, but they yeah. just established a way that she could technically come back. You know what's really cool that I'm starting to notice is that every single one of these episodes in this season is not answering one of the questions in its episode. You know, it's like, what are all, what does all this wireless stuff in the brains have to do with everything? Yeah, the, the start Zeta to get a little bit of a play whatever. with it now. And, and it's, it comes it's, back. I can, it, it's, it very much feels like they've set up a major story arc here yeah. that has to do with this Matrix mainframe. That and you know, maybe Holly Martin that we haven't really that they're just laying the pieces down. This classic Eureka, right? Yeah, is that they lay all the pieces down very kind of just oh no, well we I guess we just never answered that question this time around. And then by the end of the season, it's like everything falls together, and you know we'll get like a robotic version of Holly Martin living inside Andy's brain or something. Yeah, <laughs> who knows. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you, though, about the uh, you can see the puzzle pieces being planted because the the thing with the Zeta waves this episode, I was like, yeah, I remember that from a little bit back when they addressed that, but they didn't answer it. And uh, like we keep seeing that, like you said, you know, they raise a question, answer a different question, then move forward and raise a different question, answer yet another. And it's cool. You got to wonder if maybe after this Fargo starts to. A theorizing here that maybe Fargo starts to move the uh, the ma- Matrix mainframe down to somewhere shielded and starts working on it and you know maybe gets obsessed with it and goes into it or something like that. Who knows? It's, there, there's a huge amount of possibilities for what what can happen with this. Now this is fantastic. 
One thing I know I don't want to see is something like in Caprica, you know, where she comes back, but she has to be in the Matrix and he has to go in there to see her or whatever. And that's the only way she can exist. Like that would suck balls. She gets downloaded into Martha or uh, is it Martha? Oh, uh, Martha. That, okay, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I'm not opposed to but, any of that. I think that it could be really cool to have her back, especially toward the end of the season or something. I would love to have her back. In whatever so way cool. they could, you know, I think yeah. it would be awesome. I, and I, it's very Eureka, and I. The more I think about it, the more I get excited about the finale because, you know, Eureka has always been really good. If you look at the Christmas episodes, you know, Eureka has always been really good at telling one-off, fun kind of stories that are for a purpose. Like the holiday ones, the purpose is a fun holiday story that doesn't have to, you know, match up with anything. I most I, of the stuff we've been watching is written by Amy Berg. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, her her Twitter handle uh, is Bergopolis. Right. B-E-R-G-O-P-O-L-I-S. So that's pretty cool. I just wouldn't be surprised if, if the finale was like, a, I don't know, just, you know, everything, you know, a total, uh, you know, thank you to the fans and, and a way of showing yeah. you what's going on and giving you some closure and some, and it some, would- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it, it would actually also be neat if they took like a complete right turn with it and uh, went <laughs> with like an episode like uh, SG One's Two Hundred <laughs> and just do theories of like yo we're we are in the you know temporal universe manipulator machine and it's going to show us all these different universes of what could have happened and you know one where Stark shows back up and one where Holly's there and you know like all of this kind of stuff that would be interesting as well. I would. Like a total fan service, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would a be a fan awesome. hand job, pretty much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but if you're playing, <laughs> I heard it. I a heard fan it. hand job saying a fan yeah, job. Yeah, we a did a pretty job. good job. A fan Let's job. Let's go for the happy ending on this show. I'm telling you, happy ending. Holy crap, that's awesome. I could see it. I could. I could totally see it. <laughs> now he's thinking better of it he's like i don't know man maybe maybe no maybe no fan shop whether to bring up the boner jokes in this episode you know with joe and zane yeah and that was funny he's like i can't do this i respectfully yeah. disagree <laughs> or i beg to differ or something he's like oh I, <laughs> I love with, with eureka too you get like the equal opportunity nakedness too it's it's yeah. just everybody's in it it's hilarious <laughs> that is awesome they they've always done a great job of being like you know how like uh, a lot of programs will will treat nudity either as funny or sexy and, and, and that's like yes it's, it's both yeah well a lot of times people will the show will portray it like always as funny always as sexy or more more most commonly i think there'll be a split where nudity in men is usually treated as funny right and nudity in women totally. is usually treated as sexy and uh, I love how in Eureka, it's just all like it could be anything. It could be either funny or sexy at any point with any person. You know, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but uh, the 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 music that uh, that uh, Bear McCreary chose for the Allison walk to the bathroom, it, it had a little <laughs> bit of like, humor to it. You know, it's like, oh, here's this, you know, the stereotypical kind of sexy walk music. I'm trying to remember... Allison, wait, Allison walking to the bathroom? Yeah, when she gets up and walks away at the end of the scene. 
and uh, and you get this I'll kind of brush my teeth and oh yeah and you get this drums and saxophone kind of thing right going. yeah that Little was thing kind of yeah. <laughs> this is supposed to be funny music you know yeah that's true that is true yeah she's like okay i get the picture i'll go brush my teeth <laughs> yeah it's like damn and <laughs> at yeah. The same time. <laughs> yeah that's cool and there's something i don't know there's something like really nice about Eureka that like, about yeah that. <laughs> i mean it, there's something friendly about it like it's like yeah she's sexy but it's not lurid yeah i agree i agree and that's how you can have sexiness in a family show mm-hmm. which they do really well you know that they're the they have the kind of you know double entendre jokes and stuff that to, to fit it in there and let you know what's <laughs> going <Say> on cockpit. <laughs> that was awesome yeah they do a really really good job of making a lot of jokes about that stuff that that if kids were watching it would be kid safe you know it's kids safe. yeah like it, it will go over their head probably and then by the time it doesn't you can't really help yeah, it's, it you it's know? intended for them at that point you know yeah that's it's great stuff <laughs> Oh, I didn't notice. Do we get another one next week? I think we do. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. called Worst Case Scenario. May 21st. Um, yeah, and I, I saw on the Eureka website, um, you can see a preview of it. And, and that's how I know. I didn't watch the, the preview clip, but I read the description. And apparently, um, GD has some kind of uh, program where it, it plays out these worst case scenarios and, and like how to deal with them if there's an emergency or whatever. And something goes haywire and it starts causing them. And I guess it's like Carter and Joe have to deal with them. Nice. So, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I saw, I did see a clip, uh, a photo or a screenshot or whatever of, of Carter, and it looked like he was in quicksand, except it wasn't quicksand. It was just the ground. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, up to his chest in grass. Clipping air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were awesome. done with this crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should probably wrap up. Audrey, you got anything to add here at the end? You know, it just occurred to me, I wonder if that, that exploding steak, you know, that the tenderloin is, it's, it's kind of funny. Like it's probably not a reference, but I was thinking about the matrix, you know, in the role of steak in the matrix as being like the thing that ultimately the thing that keeps Cypher in it. But I actually just watched that again, like, uh, in the last two days. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just re amazed at what a douche cypher is and do how you still hold to your your uh, old claim that you would basically abandon everybody for steak and red wine <laughs> i don't know my tastes have changed a little but I, <laughs> I might i might abandon everyone for edamame i don't know we'd have to see i'd have to think about <laughs> what that what about your kids <laughs> <laughs> would you portray the ones you love for egg beaters <laughs> possibly <laughs> You're half right. <laughs> Peanut butter, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I definitely, um, I don't know. That's a. That's actually a great question. You really want me to answer it? You can if you want, or you can think on it and answer next time. Okay, I'll think on it. I'll answer next time. It is funny, though. Like I, I think I'm kind of assimilated as a Texan when 
you know, they showed the shot of the uh, the tenderloin. You recognized thing, it? And I was like, oh, it's a tenderloin steak. Nice, you know. And Carter did, too. He's like, all right, steak. <laughs> and I think This is going to be a great experience. A number of years ago, I would have just saw a meat tube and been like, ew, you know. And I saw it, and I was like, ooh, tenderloin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I instantly flash back to that Torchwood episode where they uh, were cutting up that alien for the meat. I don't think we've like, seen that one. This is too but... much meat. <laughs> That sounds nasty. It's like it's like eighty well, ninety. Well, it's bucks. the theme of the entire episode. So. <laughs> it's like eighty or ninety bucks worth of tenderloin too. Yeah, holy crap! Yeah. I know. And Carter's like, "What a waste!" <laughs> <laughs> Carter covered in goo yet again. Yeah, I mean, I know they're they're doing brain swaps, but they're lucky that what happened to the steak didn't happen to the brain. I mean, yeah. swapping at least it's awkward, but you know, you live. One. Mm. I'm just very happy that we have new Eureka and continuing to. And yeah. I will probably watch this episode again before next week's because it was just so good. I agree. <laughs> awesome. I agree. Well, we will see you next week. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.